Good morning, it's Thursday, December 14th, and this is the Daily Chirp Podcast. We're bringing you a closer look at one of our top stories and with other important things in our community. Today, the journey of the first Presbyterian church in Douglas, rising from the ashes of a devastating fire. Now, some Arizona trivia. Did you know that rubberized asphalt concrete is a noise-reducing pavement made by combining traditional asphalt with crumb rubber from recycled tires? It's the largest market for ground rubber in the U.S. and uses about 12 million tires annually. First used in Arizona in the 1960s for its durability, the material has gained attention for reducing road noise. Arizona's Quiet Pavement Pilot Program in 2003 showed that it could reduce road noise by 7 to 12 decibels. Other states like California, Florida, Texas, and South Carolina also use it too. Today's history is brought to you by Benson Hospital. They're doing more than treating illnesses in Benson, they're building a healthier community. Benson Hospital is now collaborating with the Diaper Bank of Southern Arizona to provide diaper assistance to families in need. For more information, visit their website at bensonhospital.org. Now our future story. Six months ago, a tragic fire engulfed the First Presbyterian Church, along with another cherished church, St. Stephen's Episcopal Church. The restoration process kicked off with the arrival of a dedicated team from Sun Valley Masonry in Tucson. Between December 5th and 8th, they worked meticulously to install 31 steel beams around the church's exterior. This critical step was necessary to stabilize the walls, ensuring safe access for architects to assess the internal damage. John Sugamelli, the foreman on the job, alongside his colleagues Robert Martinez and Steve Segasta, were instrumental in this phase. Hired by Blue Wave Construction, their task was to brace the church's three stone walls, paving the way for a thorough damage assessment. According to Sugamelli, this assessment will determine the next steps for the congregation in terms of restoration. The challenge was formidable. They had to design a custom toggle bolt robust enough to penetrate the church's 20-inch thick stone walls. After three iterations and rigorous testing, their design succeeded. Sugamelli's team then core-drilled through the stone, installing the toggle bolts and wall braces. But the journey of restoration isn't just about structural integrity. It's also a tribute to the church's historical significance. Opened in 1906, the church is a masterpiece of craftsmanship. Sugamelli expressed his admiration for the skill that went into its construction, noting the use of locally quarried sandstone and the meticulous handcrafting of each block. Reverend Peggy Christensen, witnessing the restoration efforts, echoed this sentiment. She highlighted the unique craftsmanship of the Gothic arches and stone faces, all chiseled by hand without modern machinery. Each stone a testament to the diverse techniques of the masons who worked on this historic edifice. The fire's aftermath was disheartening, but the community's determination to restore this landmark is palpable. Despite the uncertainty surrounding the internal structural damage, the church's exterior walls, built to last, have withstood the test of time. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Prestige Family Living. Here at Prestige Assisted Living at Sierra Vista, the holidays are about to get ugly. Join us for our ugly sweater party taking place December 15th from 2 to 4 p.m. Amid the beauty of the season, we want to see your most garish garments. The best of the worst holiday sweaters will win prizes and will have snacks and refreshments along with all sorts of holiday fun. For more, visit prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Again, that's prestigecare.com slash Sierra Vista. Next, we're excited to share our weekly segment, Best of Preps, brought to you by our friends at Lolly Automotive. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Lawley from the Lawley Automotive Group, and we've stocked up on inventory at all of our dealerships. If you've been thinking about a new car, we've got the deal for you on a new Buick, GMC, Chevrolet, Ford, Kia, Hyundai, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. You don't have to go to Tucson or Phoenix to buy a new vehicle. We're your hometown dealer since 1995. We'll beat the big city dealers in price, and our customer service is small-town dealer-friendly. Come into any one of the Lawley dealerships today or shop lollycars.com and see why nobody beats a Lawley deal. Nobody. Now, best of preps. Welcome back, everybody, to your favorite segment inside the Daily Chirp Podcast. It is time once again for Game of the Week, where I get to sit down with the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, Bruce Wetton, and talk about all things Cochise County Sports. Bruce, my goodness, what's going on? We got some breaking news. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Breaking news? We thought we were done with football. Yeah. We're not. All state honors have been announced. Oh, my goodness. For Marine Academy, Coach of the Year. Jalen Hampton, <laughs> Player of the Year, Jason Powell, Woo! Offensive Player of the Year, Jason Powell. This is all state Division One honors for 23 and 24. Oh, my goodness. First team all state, Powell, Logan Seeley, and Andre Shields, first team defense. First team offense, Jason Powell, Andre Shields, and Logan Seeley, first team all state offense. Honorable mention honors. Went to Isaac Merrill, Jeremiah Bethea, and Brian Duffy, Justice Moore, and Aiden Bashemi. Hats off to the Breen Academy Eagles, All-State Coach of the Year, All-State Player of the Year. So deserving, my goodness. Yes, they are. And um, so we just got these results on Monday, and there'll be a story more than likely in the Sunday edition of the Herald Review, but I wanted to break the announcement here on our podcast first. So hats off to the Breen Academy Eagles state champions. You got all state honors. So the magical season continues. And all the hardware continues coming in. And then we're going to see now where some of these players are going. And so while that was going on, I decided to go back and check and see who from the 5A, 4A, 2A, 1A had landed all state. And unfortunately, nobody from 5A, from Buena or Douglas made all state. But 2A, we had quite a few recognitions come down. Cash McCumber, second team all state defense. Sebastian Lopez, Second team All State defense, Landon Ward, Landon Ward, second team All State defense, Malachi Keller Tombstone, second team All State, first team All State offense, Ed Tingle of Wilcox and Dalton Crockett of Benson. That is awesome. Honorable mention honors came down from All State. DJ Elias and Jacob Whitechelt of All State of uh, Tombstone were All State, and Travis Larson of Wilcox All State. So. Football may be over, but the accolades are still coming in. So, hats off to these athletes. Yeah, um, seriously, yeah, that's it's amazing. But for Jalen and for Breen, I'm really, really happy. This was what a year. Yeah, and uh, so like I said, we're going to be reaching out to Jalen for a little soundbite, and hopefully uh, Jason as well. But I was so tickled to death when I got that news that they had landed all state. It's been a crazy weekend. And speaking of crazy weekends, we had the Tim Brown Wrestling Invitational this weekend. In Douglas, and it was it was very entertaining. Um, there was 14 boys teams, nine girls teams from all over the state. Over 200 wrestlers wrestled in over 500 matches in a span of 30 hours. How many mats did they have at this thing? They had four going. Okay. They broke it down to two for the finals. In the finals, you had the championship match going on one match and then the third and fourth. And throughout this entire tournament... For Cochise County, there was good representation. We had Wilcox, we had Tombstone, we had Benson, we had Douglas, we had Valley Union, Bisbee, and St. David. And throughout the entire tournament, it had been Wilcox and Tombstone going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
And uh, Tombstone actually had the lead going into the finals. And it came down to, they had the lead going down to the final two weight classes of 215 and 285. And it was a slim one to two point lead over Wilcox. They each had both, they each had two wrestlers. Wilcox had a championship match at 215. Tombstone had a consolation match at 215. Wilcox had a consolation match at 285, whereas Tombstone had the championship match at 285. Wilcox went 2 0. Tombstone went 0 and 2. Wilcox is a tournament champion. They beat Tombstone. So Wilcox first, Tombstone second, Amphi third. American Leadership Academy out of Queen Creek was fourth. Benson was fifth. And then we had a couple of out of town teams who were sixth and seventh. Douglas High School was eighth. Valley Union did surprisingly well. They actually had a kid in the finals and then two kids in the constellations. They were 10th, Bisbee 11th, St. David 13th. We'll recap some of the. Um, the weight class winners here real fast. Two of the outstanding wrestlers for this tournament came from Cochise County. Our buddy out of Wilcox, Cash McCumber, was the outstanding wrestler at the heavyweight division for the second straight week. He got it in Douglas, and he got it the weekend before in Buckeye. So Cash was excited. Cash actually ended up winning his weight class at 175. It's a no surprise. And then the pleasant surprise was came was at the lightweight class at 113, where Brock Santa Maria out of Tombstone was the outstanding wrestler. Last year, it was his counterpart at 106, Wyatt Eddy, who was the outstanding wrestler. So they kept it in the same school, but this year, instead of being Eddie, it was Brock Santa Maria. Santa Maria also won his weight class. And so, very entertaining tournament, but real fast here. For Wilcox, first place winners went to Caleb Cook at 144, Cash McCumber at 175, Ed Tingle at 215, Second place went to David Allred at 157. Third place, they had Eli Nelson and uh, Alan Allred. And then, of course, Travis Larson. And when the heavyweight match came down, the 285 match, uh, Jacob Weichel out of Tombstone was wrestling a kid from Queen Creek. Kid was a monster. Jacob said he couldn't even pick him up. He was so heavy. Hmm. He got pinned by this kid, so he took second. But before his match even finished, Larson had already pinned his opponent in the consolation match. So he pretty much knew that unless... Weichelt pulled out a pin, Wilcox was going to get it. And when he got beat, uh, unfortunately, it did get it. But still, for first place for Tombstone, Wyatt Eddy, Brock Santamadea, uh, Kazdin Gowan took third, Kobe Jones took third, and Jacob Weichelt took second. A new team we had in the, in the, uh, the tournament this year was Benson High School. I did not know Benson was going to show up until the day of the tournament. And to my surprise, they were there. And they actually did quite well. As we mentioned, they finished fifth overall. Jesse Pierce was third at 106. Braxton Clough, our buddy, he took first at 126. Ezekiel Crowley took first at 138. And Bodie Black took second at 165. So hats off to the Bobcats uh, on their performance. It was good to see them down and see them do well. It was really an entertaining tournament. There was some really some good, exciting matches. But it was even more interesting was watching the girls. The girls didn't have that many competitors, and they only had a few matches, but there was nine teams. Wilcox won the girls' tournament, so they won the boys and the girls. A so clean a good, sweep. A good, a good weekend for the Wilcox wrestling program at Pat McCumber. And uh, Douglas High School took third. Tombstone was fifth, and Bisbee was ninth. And here, real fast, Douglas actually had a tournament champion in Alina Rodriguez at 114, while Ella Sweeney of Tombstone took third. At 120, Carissa Riggs out of Wilcox won her weight class. 
at 126, Natalie Thompson of Wilcox was first. Katie Whitechelt out of Tombstone, Jacob's sister, was second. So the wrestling runs in the Whitechelt family. 132, Morgan Allred out of Wilcox was second. Mia Garcia out of Tombstone was fourth. Louisa Garzon out of Douglas was first at 145. Abby Tingle, Ed's sister, she also won her weight class. So the Tingles had champions in the boys and the girls. So hats off to the Tingle family. And Nicole Navarro out of Bisbee took third at 165. And that was it for them. So female wrestling is increasing, getting popular. And I'm so pleased to see that more and more teams. But as Pat McCumber and I were talking, there's not that many matches for them out there. So they have to take advantage of these tournaments to try to get themselves and so they're actually having to go outside of Cochise County and to either Central Arizona or Northern Arizona to find teams that they can wrestle in. So we may have some tournaments down here, but because there's not enough girls, the girls from these schools will go elsewhere to try to get those matches because they got to get themselves ready for state too. And believe it or not, state is eight weeks away. So before you know it, that's going to be happening here. The one downside to this tournament was that there was no bueno. And we knew going in, Buena was not going to come down. They were actually going to go to the Miranda Duels. Buena was in Douglas last Wednesday wrestling the Bulldogs in a dual meet. And we went down and they spanked Douglas 72 to 24. Seven of the 11 weight classes that were wrestled, Buena won by pin. So Buena was a load. But anyway, they went to Miranda and they competed in the Miranda Duels, which featured teams from Arizona and Texas. In the boys' tournament, there was 20 teams. Marinci. Little old Marinci won this whole thing. Wow. They beat host Marana. Chandler Hamilton was fourth. Marana Mountain View was fifth. And Tucson Micah Mountain was sixth. Buena finished 13th. And they had two wrestlers, Zeph Hanaya Jeffries at 165, finished second in his weight class. And Sean Brown placed sixth at 132. There was two wrestlers I was looking for here that I wasn't seeing and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Nate Engel at 175 and Kai Tajeron at 150 were not even listed. We'll come to find out they had they were out with injury, and this was a more of a preventive setback because, they said, you know, Tim Williams said we need them more down the road than we did at this tournament. So he conceded the tournament to rest these kids, and now these kids are off now until January, and they come back to another tournament. But I want to talk about the girls real fast because um, – for the last two years, Buena's had a young lady who's been a really dominant wrestler in the match, Aisha General, but she's taken a back seat because of Adeseli Noriega. Well, General's making up for it this year, and she actually won her weight class over there. She went 5-1, and one, so she was the lone champion from Buena at this tournament. In the girls' tournament, there was also 20 teams. Buena finished 16th behind Phoenix Bachelors High School, Marana, and then uh, El Paso, Texas, Pebble Hills High School, was third, and Texas Montwood out of El Paso, Texas, was fourth. So some good competition. This is what they needed. Bueno Wrestling Coach Tim Williams, he, he complimented his athletes, saying the, the kids that did not wrestle, he inserted JV wrestlers into there and actually rose up to the occasion. He thought it was a good experience for them. But he said, hey, so we went in. He said, we got the experience. We got the work in that we needed to. And he said the same thing. He said, they're a little banged up right now. They're on finals this week, and so he gave the kids the week off. And then Buena's going to come back the first week in January and wrestle at Benson. And what Bruce is really excited about is Wilcox is going to be there. So there's a possibility Nate Engel 
and Cash McCumber can go head-to-head. And face and that, off. And that's a match that I would literally pay to see because both these wrestlers are studs, and they both wrestle at 175, and Cash has one loss, and Nate has one loss, but Cash is still wrestling. they got multiples. Wilcox has multiples this week and next week, so that Cash is going to pick up some more wins and possibly could suffer a loss if he's not careful. But I don't see that happening here. But I'm excited to see Benson. I was excited to see Benson host this tournament and see Buena take part. And uh, because it's a duel, there's a chance that Buena and Wilcox may not even face each other. But I'm hoping the tournament directors will say, "Okay, fine," because day one is a duel, and then they take the top wrestlers out and they put them into tournament. Saturday's the tournament format, and it would be awesome to see these two kids come through the bracket and wrestle somewhere in the tournament, hopefully for the championship. And uh, so we're going to be monitoring this tournament real closely here, but that's going to be January 5th and 6th in the uh, Benson High School Gymnasium. And it's called the McGlumphy Commodoran Duels in Benson. Very historic tournament, very nostalgic tournament. Both these men are legends in Benson, and it'll be a good thing to see these teams compete. Douglas will be there, Benson will be there, Tombstone will be there. Bisbee will be there. St. David will be there. So we'll actually have good Cochise County representation. And so the Herald Review will also be there. So shifting gears real fast. While the tournament was going on Friday and Saturday, Cochise basketball was also in play and playing two games Friday night and two games Saturday afternoon. Kind of a rough weekend for the Apaches, Jeff. Yeah, going one and three. Yeah. And the women, they lost on Friday and won on Saturday over the Eastern women. And when they lost on Friday... That was Eastern's seventh consecutive win. So they were Eastern was 7-0. and And I, I had a feeling that there was no way Eastern was going to come in and sweep the women, and they didn't. And so on Saturday, our Cochise women got them. But what shocked me was to have the Cochise men lose two back-to-back games to Eastern Arizona College that day by scores of 73-62 and 71-56. Something's off with this Apache team right now because they're currently 0-3 in conference. And after going 22-0 and last year, I think we all, including Bruce, got spoiled. And uh, things do not get any easier this week because they got games Wednesday and Thursday at Arizona Western and Yuma. And the Western men are in first place right now in the ACCAC. And the Arizona Western women are in second place in, the, in there. So both Cochise teams will have challenges this week. But, Jeff, give me your thoughts about seeing these teams play back-to-back games on Friday and Saturday. I thought that was a little odd, different. I guess the fact that it wasn't even a full 24 hours apart either. So Two games within what? 18 hours. Yeah. It was an interesting way of doing it. you got to squeeze in the game somehow. Back-to-backs happen in baseball all the time. It's almost like basically doing a doubleheader except 18 hours apart. But talk, these games were physical. Oh, I mean, my there, gosh, there, there were bodies flying all over was, the and place. And there was actually blood on the court. Yeah, yeah. Literally and, and, blood on the court. And injuries and injury timeouts and all sorts of stuff. It was really I, I hardcore. Like to, and the thing is with Western this week, Coach Chief plays at 7.30 on Wednesday and 7.30 on Thursday. That I'm okay with. But these 5.30 and 7.30 and then 2 and 4 games on Saturday afternoon, I think they need to at least give these teams, you know, saying, okay, fine. You finish at 5.30, you're going to resume at 5.30 to game two. A full 24 hours. Yeah, to give these bodies a chance to heal because some of these guys are still playing with injuries from Friday night on Saturday. And so it looked like a really knockdown, down drag-out. 
But man, that guy from Thatcher was huge. That one big man. Seven foot four. Seven foot four. He definitely showed it, man. And my picture in the Wednesday edition of the Herald Review, he's trying to block a shot of Jalen Barbie, and Jalen's actually having to work the ball around him because he is so tall. But I was impressed with his height, man. I mean, he was a presence, and he's only a freshman. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, my goodness. So, But anyway, we had some exciting basketball going on this past this past week. Uh, on Monday, Douglas played Nogales on boys and girls. The boys lost to Nogales 58-53, while the girls lost to Nogales 42-33, suffering Douglas's only second loss this season. This was a surprise, but I went to the game, and Douglas was just, they were stone cold, literally. And um, they could not make any threes and really struggling. And so they lost. So they've got some games coming up this week that we'll talk about in just a minute. Buena Soccer hosted Micah Mountain. Uh, boys Soccer lost to Micah Mountain 5-4, to four, while the Buena Girls Soccer lost to Micah Mountain by a score of 4-0. to zero. Tuesday, we had some very interesting games. Um, Douglas, was, Douglas hosted Nogales in girls soccer. And they actually won 10-0 by mercy rule. And what happens is... Wait, wait, wait. Soccer? Has a mercy rule. And uh, what I found this out during the course of the match. Douglas is up 5-0 seven minutes into the match. Seven minutes into they, the no, match? Nogales was very weak, and it's really unfortunate, but they were very weak this year. Douglas outshot Nogales 17-1. But they, it was up 5-0, and then it was 6-0 at halftime. And that's when the official told me, she said, once a team goes up by eight, she said, we have to play half the second half unless the coach concedes. So the halves are 40 minutes, so it was a 40 plus a 20. Well, Douglas scored the two goals right away in the second half. They went up 8-0, and then they tacked up two more, and the Nogales coach called timeout. And next thing you know, the refs are signaling the match is over. And so Douglas prevailed by a score of 10-0, to Dominique Mignot's four goals, Haley Barkle two goals for Douglas. But the reason we were there is we got some history that was about to be made, and I really thought it was going to happen Tuesday night in Douglas. Our little freshman goalie that we've been talking about yeah. before, America Romero, she's nine goals shy of 100 saves. And um, she, when she, when these, when the coach started posting these ranking, these stats, she had been as high as number four in the nation in saves. Last week, she was number eight. And then going into Tuesday's match, she was at number 15 in the nation. And it's a kind of a bittersweet thing because if you have a lot of saves, it means your defense is not that good and you're getting a lot of shots at you. But she only had one save on Tuesday night against Nogales. But they're at Empire on Wednesday. And I've got a funny feeling that Empire's going to give her a workout. So she's probably going to surpass I talking to the athletic director Wednesday night, talking to the or Tuesday night, talking to the coaches. They're trying to verify if this will be a record for Douglas High School. They seem to think it will be, but our stats are so incomplete that they're not quite sure how this is going to play out yet. So we will have a story next Wednesday's edition of an America Romero. I'm already saying this now. She's going to be my athlete of the week next week. We've been waiting for her to get the hundred match, the hundred saves and they were going to portray her. But to have a freshman in eight matches, she's been averaging 11.3 saves per match until Tuesday night, and I'm sure that's going to drop a little bit. And then the teams that were shooting on her were only getting one goal, an average of 1.8 goals per, per match. 
And uh, so she's been really dominant. So it was good to see her doing so well as a freshman. I can't wait to see how she progresses here going forward. But while the girls were playing, the boys were in Nogales where they fell 6-2. to Douglas is 0-4 on the season. And um, so the Bulldog soccer team is really struggling right now. And both Douglas soccer teams have a very big match next Tuesday against Buena. So guess where I'm going to be? We will be covering these matches exclusively for the next Friday's edition in the Herald Review. And I'll have a game recap. But I'm really looking forward to this showdown because I want to see Douglas and Buena go head-to-head in soccer. Um, this is always a very entertaining match anytime these two schools get together. Now, speaking of Buena, the uh, boys and girls basketball teams were in action on Tuesday night. The boys were hosting Choya while the girls were at Choya. And the boys eked out a 72-71 to win over the Chargers. They are 4-2 and two on the season while the Buena girls pulled out a 55-34 win at Choya. They are 2-5 and five on the season. Today, the day we're taping the show, Douglas and Buena go head-to-head in basketball. Buena boys host Douglas. Buena girls will be at Douglas. So, again, we'll be on top of these games and have stories in this Friday's edition of the Herald Review. We invite you to check it out. should be very entertaining basketball action. But the story of the night was the St. David Tigers girls basketball team just still undefeated, dude. They are. It's, it was a great game, better in that second half than we thought it would be after the first half blowout. But Fort Thomas would not go away. St. David prevailed 50-48. to 48, And you said they were actually down by... They were down by two or three at one point in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, because Fort Thomas just ended up coming back. They wouldn't go away. And then St. David had to actually do something that I imagine they've never had to do this season is play from behind in the fourth quarter. But a good test for them because that's a sign of a good team when you can be down and not get rattled and come back. St. David's 11-0. and They're going to be going into the Benson Holiday Tournament this weekend, so they'll get some game experience there. But we actually had a very interesting game, too, in Benson or in Bisbee last night where the Benson Bobcats came down to play the Bisbee Pumas in 2A region basketball. Benson girls beat Bisbee 49-41. to Benson 7-1 overall, 3-0 in conference, 2-0 in region. Bisbee falls to 3-6 overall, 0-2 in region. But the game of the night next to the girls was the Benson boys versus the Bisbee boys. This game was a dogfight throughout the entire 32 minutes. Benson led briefly, Bisbee led briefly, but in the end, the Pumas prevailed 56-55. Benson had a chance to win it at the buzzer, but their shot went off the mark. So Benson, Benson falls to 2-2 two and two overall, while Bisbee improves to 7-2 and two overall. So Bisbee has a very big game this Friday night. Bisbee's one of the few teams that's not going to the Benson tournament. So on Friday... Bisbee is hosting Pima in basketball, girls and boys. Pima's coming to town, coming off a spanking over Tombstone. Uh, The Pima girls spanked Tombstone on Tuesday night, 56-33, while the Pima boys beat Tombstone 71-26. Pima-Bisbee's going to be a very good showdown again, but but Lopez, Jose Mendez, you know, Pico Loya, they're all playing well right now for Bisbee, and that'll be a very good game. And then we understand we're going to have some special guests, supposedly – Adeseli Noriega, the wrestler, and Gabby Lopez are supposed to be there for the game. And so we're going to be there as well, hoping to get interviews with these two athletes and talking to them for stories down the coming weeks about what what it's been like for them at the collegiate level thus far. So I'm really excited for the basketball action this week. But as we had mentioned previously, the Benson Basketball Tournament is taking place this weekend. 
The Benson Holiday Basketball Tournament kicks off on Thursday at 10 a.m. when in the girls' game you have Benson versus Douglas and in the boys' game St. David versus Sarita. So Coaches County teams participating in this tournament, St. David, Benson, Tombstone, Douglas, uh, no Wilcox, and no Bisbee, and no Buena. And, of course, Buena, we're not really surprised. Buena's going to be going to their own Tucson tournament next weekend. So there'll be pool play games on Thursday and on Friday. And then on Saturday, they're going to break down to the tournament championship play. So what will happen is, as we had mentioned, Thursday and Friday are round robin. And then Friday afternoon, they're going to pair these teams up into tournaments. And what I like about this tournament is a championship game Saturday night for the boys and the girls are going to offset. The girls' championship game will take place at 5 p.m., inside Driggers Gym at Benson High School, the main gym. And then the boys' championship game will follow at 620. And so while the girls' championship game is taking place, the boys' consolation finals game will be taking place in the alternate gym. And then when the boys' championship game is taking place, the girls' consolation finals will be taking place. That was a smart way of doing this, and um, I applaud them for, for setting the format up this way. But it's going to be neat. But each team is guaranteed five games. So you're going to get a lot of good action. Great experience. Good experience. And, uh, folks, it's going to be a $10 admission for a single day or $20 for the weekend. And uh, there will be awards for first, second, and third. And then, of course, a uh, an all-tournament team. So wish these teams well. It's going to be a very action-packed weekend ahead. And, again, we're going to be there covering this thing. We'll have a complete re- recap in next Wednesday's edition of the Herald Review. I want to end today's show by saying that this is our last show of the year. Uh, we're going to take the next two weeks off. I begin my vacation next Thursday, but I encourage our readers because on Sunday, December 31st, I'm going to have a year in review sports recap. Nice. And we're going to pick out the top two or three sports stories, and then I'm going to do a month-by-month breakdown. So next week, I'm going to really sit down, sequester myself in the house, and i got 12 months of Herald Review sports pages to go through and figure out. But I already think I already know my top two or three stories for the year are going to be It kind of gives me a chance to go back and kind of revisit what all happened this past year. And whenever I put these stories together, they always start out small and end up big. And so uh, we're going to have an action-packed issue on Sunday, December 31st. It'll be in the Herald Review and then, of course, online at myheraldreview.com. So look forward to that. And so with that being said, Jeff, I wish you a happy holidays. And I guess we'll see you in, in 2024, sir. What a year 2023 has been. And actually, that's something that we can do with our first show back is talk about 2023, the year in review, and kind of recapping maybe the top five moments and and discussing why you chose them as your top five uh, when we come back in 2024. I want to thank these athletes. It's been one heck of a memorable year again. I mean, they never disappoint me. They never disappoint. They always put on quality performance wrestling, golf. I mean, football has been magical this year. And then, of course, we have the summertime sports, too. Yeah, so much. And we'll recap it all on our next Game of the Week. But you can keep an eye on all things Cochise County sports from Bruce Wetton, the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, in the Herald Review Media in print, online at myheraldreview.com, and on the Herald Review Media social media channels. As always, even during the holiday season, there are still some games going on, and if you have the chance to go support any of the teams in your neck of the woods, we encourage you to do so because it means the world to these young students student-athletes to have their community support. 
From the Cochise Broadcasting Studios of KKYZ 101.7 FM, the oldie station in Sierra Vista, Arizona, and on behalf of the Herald Review Media Sports Editor, Bruce Wetton, my name is Jeff Davenport, and I'm wishing you a wonderful rest of your day and a very happy and safe holiday season. And now we'll send it back for the rest of today's Daily Chirp. Thanks for listening. Before we continue, a quick message from our sponsors, Ace Hardware. Hi, this is Les from Sierra Vista Ace. This is a great time to paint. Ace Stocks, Clark and Kensington, Valspar, Dunn Edwards, and our own Ace Royal Paint in interior and exterior finishes. We can computer match other brands and colors too. All the colors you can imagine, even one named Sierra Vista. Decide on the wall or room to paint, bring in a color idea, and let Ace mix your paint. Treat yourself to a new brush and roller too. Save gas, save time, shop Ace first. Sierra Vista Ace since 1981 on the corner of Fry and Highway 9. Next, an upcoming event that you should know about. On Saturday, December 16th, the City of Douglas will host its Photos with Santa event at the 10th Street Park between D&E Avenues from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. There will be free hot dogs, games, live music, and family fun. Finally, we'd like to remember the life of Dave Meadows. Dave was born in Missouri, but spent most of his childhood in New Mexico. As an adult, he lived in Colorado, but always found his way back home to the desert that he loved. Dave was a unique person whose sweet soul was cherished by those who loved him. Named Animal by his sister, he was a gentle giant, sometimes stumbling over his own feet and taking wrong turns. He was kind and compassionate to everyone, especially lost and sick kittens. Dave made friends quickly, trusted easily, loved rock and roll, fast cars, and living life at full volume. He was often working two or three jobs in between helping everyone he knew. He is survived by Denise, his wife of 30 years, his sister, his daughter, four grandchildren, and one great-granddaughter. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Dave's life. Thanks for tuning in to the Herald Review podcast today. And remember, the Herald Review is here for you with local news you can trust. Subscribe today for unlimited access to all of our content for just $14 per month. This is less than the cost of one hour of one reporter's work on a single story. Also, want to stay up to date on what's going on? Join Neighbor, your trusted neighborhood community. Neighbor is a free online forum you can trust to connect with your community, focus on facts, and make a difference. Join the conversation. Visit nabur.myheraldreview.com. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, especially in Cochise County. Become part of the hyperlocal conversation on Cochise County's exclusive social media platform, Neighbor. That's N-A-B-U-R. Your neighbors are striking up meaningful conversations, sharing exquisite Cochise County photos, and respecting each other's views without any other social media noise. No unwanted advertising and only respectful conversations on hot community topics. That's right. Our journalism project manager can set the record straight and help answer any pressing questions about the happenings in our community. Join the conversation at myheraldreview.com slash N-A-B-U-R.